Hello. Hello. You're listening to Track by Track with me, Dan. And me, Will. This is the podcast where you take a great pop music album and break it down, track by track. And Will, happy fourth anniversary. Happy birthday, track by track. Four years ago, two and two days and a bit, we released our first episode. Dan, can you remember when we first got together for that first recording? Two very nervous lads uh, in a small flat in London with a few drinks to steady their nerves, each grabbing hold of a microphone and really giving it what for. And sooner, sooner rather than later, we'd eased ourselves in. Uh, a tale as old as time, Will. And yes, I can remember it like it was yesterday. I remember it took a lot longer than we thought it was going to. Yeah, and uh, we quickly learned from a few rookie errors that we made. Uh, but I think you'll agree, we both finished uh, with big smiles on our faces. Very much so. And with a few tips and tricks for next time. Yeah, and we certainly picked up a few more over the years, that's for sure. Uh, and, here we, and could you believe four years later we'd still be at it? Absolutely not. We're still with the same thirst and appetite and hunger for more. Only now, we charge for it sometimes. <laughs> yeah, well, sometimes if you're onto a good thing, you know, you've got to make the, you've got to flaunt it and make the most of it. <laughs> uh, but actually, uh, unlike a lot of things as you get older, no desire to give it up just yet. Absolutely not. Still in our prime, I think they'd say. Uh, but no, it's a big uh, celebratory moment for us today. And thank you, everybody who's listened uh, and taken part and shared feedback and wonderful me- musical memories uh, across social media as well. Uh, that's what keeps us going. Yeah, that and the Valium and the gin. Uh, no, because we don't drink when we're recording anymore. It's just a dry studio, especially after that time you knock that pint of Ribena on the console. <sighs> I'm just having a birthday drink, Well, I don't normally, as you know. Oh, it's quite wrong. It's wipe your mouth, for goodness sake. Sorry. It is a pint of Guinness, so I do apologise. <laughs> I've, got, I've got a Guinness tap in my kitchen, you see, so... Just that creamy moustache is really off-putting. It's like seeing Father Christmas when he's finished. Oh. Drinking his milk. Off. Oh, sorry. Uh, Dan, are we ever going to hear who's on the turntable this week? Oh, yeah, great point, Will, actually. <laughs> so... On the turntable this week, of course, it's a birthday episode, so it's Pet Shop Boys. And this time, we're talking about Elysium. No, wait, come back. Uh, <laughs> no, honestly, I I think we've, we've got an apology to make before uh, we get into it proper. Because yeah. over the years, I think we've often... Uh, mentioned Elysium as uh, an album we weren't necessarily looking forward to talking about in the Pet Shop Boys uh, discography. But I have to say, after much deep reappraisals, what an enjoyable album. Really enjoyable album. I have thoroughly enjoyed listening to it a lot over the last few weeks. And we say this about a lot of albums, not every album we talk about, but a lot of albums sometimes it's not an instant thing sometimes you have got to work for it and you've got to learn the album and learn the new sound and get comfortable with it and for me i i think when this album first came out 
it just wasn't an immediate thing, so I didn't listen to it for a while. I listened to a couple of the tracks, but I have thoroughly enjoyed every song in the order it was designed by Neil and Chris. And I can't wait to go track by track through it today. Good, because that's what we're here to do today. Uh, Dan, how many albums have we got left of the Pet Shop Boys after this one? I'm getting a bit nervous now. Yeah, we've only got two studio albums after this. Shall I give you a quick rundown, Will, of the albums we've done and the order we did them in? Uh, Go on then. So we've done Super, Yes, Electric, Please, Behaviour, Nightlife, Hotspot, Very, Bilingual, Release, Actually, and now Elysium. So we've got Fundamental and Introspective to come. But of course, it's not just that because we've also done the Closer to Heaven soundtrack. We've also done Liza's Results. And then on Patreon, we've done Dusty's Reputation. We have done our Pet Shop Boys episode of Further Listening, our Deep Cut series. And so far, we have done two of the disco albums with two more to follow. So actually, if we play our cards right, we could get to our fifth birthday and still have an album left to talk about. I think so, yeah. But also... We haven't talked about alternative format. There's still a few soundtracks out there. There's the live albums. There's the Agenda EP. Um, And also there's lots of just other tracks that aren't on albums like uh, the tracks from The Greatest Hits, DJ Culture, Was It Worth It, Miracles, Flamboyant, Together. So much still to talk about from Pet Shop Boys. Oh, uh, and uh, the All Back to Theirs as well, the double CD of that as well, which was fantastic. Yes, I'd love to do that one. And all of the appearances they've made on other people's music as well. I was only thinking about She's Madonna earlier. Oh, me too. Is that because you read that new interview with Rob Williams in NME? No, it's because I was listening to uh, David Williams in conversation with Pet Shop Boys going through this album uh, on uh, Apple Music. Oh, uh, and if you haven't listened to that, it would be a great accompaniment to this episode. And uh, we're probably going to throw in a few things we learned from it as from listening to it as well, I'd imagine, today. But it's a great accompaniment uh, on the Elysium album on Apple Music. It's the last track on there as well. It's a very funny, very interesting, very relaxed, obviously great mates uh, conversation with David Williams. And it's titled on there just Elysium Track by Track. And we've said it before, that was the inspiration for... The podcast. They did it for Elysium. They did it for, I think, yes, as well. They did it for certainly at least one of the Pet Shop Boys album. And that's what's inspired this whole thing and these whole four years and whatever else is to come. So for the uninitiated, four years in and umpteen albums later, Pet Shop Boys are synth pop duo. Uh, they formed in London in 1981. They're not from London, obviously, Dan. Got to be careful. Oh, I you thought they were from London. London. No, 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 oh, no. sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, so, and they've been around since 1981. Over 50 million records sold worldwide. And not only have they released studio albums, remix albums, uh, compilations, they've also uh, created scores, tours, whores, draws, uh, bores, mm. uh, in-laws, uh, outlaws, doors, uh, outlaws, uh, applause uh, and droopy draws. I think that's everything, isn't it? I think that's every- yeah. I think you've ticked off the lot. <laughs> the lot. 
Uh, and obviously still going strong now with no sign. I believe they've been recording recently, writing and recording. I don't keep close tabs on them, but I think that's what they've been up to. I've not seen any of this, Will, but I sincerely hope so, because it has been, what was it, early 2020 when Hotspot came out. So, yeah, it's been coming up to three years. Uh, and obviously our last uh, interaction with them, although they didn't know it, uh, sounds a bit creepy, but we were at Glastonbury and saw them on the headline, the other stage for a stunning closing set on the Sunday night, which for me uh, rounded out a wonderful return back to Glastonbury after a enforced hiatus. Oh, enforced yeah. hiatus. That'd be a good name for a Pet Shop Boys album. Uh, oh, it has to be all one word though, wouldn't it? It has to be put together. Hiatus. Like, uh, hiatus would be a good one. Especially if they hadn't had an, a hiatus. Be very passionate, boys. And I hope they never do have a hiatus. So, yeah, more to come, uh, I'm sure, from the boys. But, uh, Dan, we're here to talk about Elysium today. Why are we talking about this today? This album has just turned 10. Which, you know, part of me, again, surely not. It's one of their latest albums, but also... There have been three since this as well. So, yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll settle for that one, actually. So, Elysium, this is the 11th studio album from Pet Shop Boys, released in 2012, Olympic year, uh, and it was recorded uh, in Los Angeles. It's widely referred to as the LA album, they call it themselves. They, they're always going to do an LA album. You can definitely hear the influence of that in this. Uh, written in, uh, in Berlin and on tour with Take That. And joined by Andrew Dawson on production duties, who worked with many illustrious talents over the years. I'm sure, Dan, you in particular will come on to talk more about that. Go on, then. Let's put the damn record, that bloody record on, shall we? Let's put it on, then. And kick off with side one, track one, Leaving. there which is the opening track on this album straight away you're into a different feel a different sound and the boys talked a lot about this album having a very specific feel and tone to it uh, and they actually they actually likened it back to behavior which they also felt had a similar sort of approach to to the album and i think this really does exemplify that from the start because you've got something a little bit more low par a little bit more reflective uh and to quote the boys themselves a bit happy sad Mm. happy sad apparently was uh almost going to be the title for the album as well i have to say i'm glad they went with elysium i I could see why happy sad would I, i guess it's better to have that inferred in the music rather than literally saying happy sad maybe it's a little bit too on the nose for them but Mm. this i was very surprised when this uh this track came out obviously we'd already had a glimpse of the album with invisible it's released online only as a kind of tease but when this came out after that it really did make me feel i was a little bit apprehensive i was a bit like how's this gonna go then uh but the essence of the boys is still there 
He definitely is. I have to say, I don't remember this one released as a single. I remember the first lead single proper, which of course we'll get to talk about. But I did do complete the album on iTunes in order to get the whole thing. And this track is so instantly, it's quite loungy. And the whole thing just feels very smooth and very curved as opposed to, I think, some of their tracks, you'd think of them as being quite jagged or being quite bouncy. This felt very just smooth, again, for want of a better word. And it took me a while to get past that because I think I'd only got into Pet Shop Boys really a couple of albums before, uh, studio albums, I should say. It's maybe Fundamental and then, was it Yes after that? So big, poppy productions. And with this being the lead song, I don't think I got past it a few times. It's like when you watch a series and you have to watch your first oh, episode. Oh, Dan, I've got to correct myself already. So early on in this episode, Leaving, this was the second single. Winner was the first single. And Invisible was the buzz track released online. So uh, apologies for that. Oh, and you know, actually, well, I'd zoned out. I wasn't listening to you. So uh, I would have corrected <laughs> you myself if I'd noticed. Oh, glad to see old habits have died, died, uh, haven't died after four years. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's, almost, it's just two people having their own conversation and sometimes it matches up. But of course, you've got the beat in there. You've got lots of different synths and electronic sounds scattered throughout. It is very Pet Shop Boys, but it took me a while to appreciate this side of Pet Shop Boys. Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, but I think you invest in this album and listen to it as a complete album, as we like to do, as we often uh, evangelize on the, on the podcast. Uh, and it really pays back because you can feel uh, the way this flows uh, with this as the first track on the album. Uh, and then you go into Invisible and Winner and then you kind of get a bit of a pickup. Uh, but I love how reflective this album is in, in a lot of the lyrics. Similarly with Invisible uh, and your early stuff that we come on to, this first half of the album is very, maybe very self-referential. I don't know, on some of these tracks, they refer to events and things that have influenced how they feel uh, to then influence the songwriting. Yeah, I think they have said this is one of their most personal albums as well. And this track, Neil says in his book, uh, in his lyric book, that this was inspired by his mum and dad passing away just a few years before the album came out. So the whole idea of our love is dead, but the dead don't go away, that's inspired by his parents' relationship and the idea that if you love someone and they die, the love for them doesn't disappear. So yeah, this was the second single to be released uh, and got to number 44 in the singles chart. Now, it was a different time, as I'm sure you'll come on to say, Dan. But if you wanted some uh, something with a bit more beat to it, a bit more dance to it, there are some uh, remixes. Uh, there's a Happy Sad remix and a Lost Her Love remix, uh, which the Pet Shop Boys and Dusty Kid uh, have been uh, involved on the remix of, and Andrew Dawson himself. So yeah, number 44. I think this, I think, was the first Pet Shop Boys album where, well, first of all, chart rules were changing and uh, iTunes purchases and all that kind of thing were coming into play. So a lot of older acts with an older fan base were struggling to keep up with that. But also, you know, bands sometimes become album bands and maybe that was part of what Pet Shop Boys were becoming. So for me, this is the first album where uh, the singles really didn't pop in the charts. Um, 
So 44, not great. But let me tell you what else was going on in the charts that week, Will, in October of 2012. Number one was a new entry for Calvin Harris and Florence Welch with Sweet Nothing. And elsewhere in the charts, you had the likes of Adele with Skyfall, Rihanna with Diamonds, Psy with Gangnam Style, and Swedish House Mafia with Don't You Worry Child. Okay, track two now, uh, Invisible. track two there invisible and we're not going straight into a disco banger after that gentle opener in fact if anything it's chilled out even more i think maybe again going back to that first listen and really only knowing pet shop boys as an upbeat pop dance band this would have been a real shock to me however in hindsight i have to say i not to rank these tracks straight away but i actually prefer this to leaving I think it's beautiful this one and this was this was obviously the one that I was talking about earlier that appeared online ahead of the first single release proper which was Winner and Leaving was the second single uh, and Dan actually just to loop back to Leaving uh, as with all the singles on the album it's got three fantastic b-sides. Oh yeah the b-sides on here further listening for this episode was tricky wasn't it? Not for me it was dead easy. Well, you, yeah, yours. And I couldn't believe I didn't guess it anyway because of reasons we'll come on to talk about later. Uh, But for me, actually, I felt even more of the pressure because yours was so obvious from the off before we'd even thought about it. Then I had to kind of choose between the rest. But anyway, it's not further listening time. But what the hell's going on today? Uh, Just trying to rush you down the road, uh, get you home. Uh, Like one of those parties when you go in, it says, please leave by nine. Like one of our parties. Uh, You've actually got it painted on your wall, haven't you, in the living room? <laughs> and that would totally be something we'd have at the Trap by Track fourth birthday party as well. Oh, 100%. Actually, to be fair to us, Dan, the last time we went out together on the Raz, we stayed out till three, uh, which I was very surprised. Yeah, because you were asking to go home from about 11. So <laughs> you were really weren't very happy with me. <laughs> I was sat at the bus stop with a face like thunder for four hours. <laughs> And with a face like that, well, we'll talk about that later. Invisible, though, again, very personal reflections here. Uh, And talking about uh, when you reach an older age, how you're almost invisible when you walk into a room. Uh, And as uh, Neil said, he said, you reach the age of 45, and from then on, when you walk into a room, you're invisible. And then went on to say, try being a gay man over the age of 50. And Dan, I'm, gonna not, I'm not going to stop talking, so you can't jump in and try and make a joke there. Uh, no, I wouldn't do such a... Not on, not on our fourth birthday episode, Will. Wouldn't do such a thing. You're mid-40s and you're <laughs> proud of it. I'm not... Oh, fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> and on top of that, Will, I did read that this is one of Neil's all-time favourite Pet Shop Boys songs, which I think... Part of the thing that I really love about that is that I remember when we did Bilingual, Chris had said that Before was one of his all-time favourite Pet Shop Boys songs. And those tracks are so different to each other. They're like the opposite ends of the Pet Shop Boys spectrum. Uh, Spectrum. 
That's a good name for a Pet Shop Boys album, actually, mm. isn't it? But it makes perfect sense about what they do together when you when you realise that. And you can take away the obvious queer reading to this song, which does talk very directly to a large portion of Pet Shop Boys fans, I guess, who have grown up alongside them, who aren't young as young anymore. Uh, but I'm all for kind of not letting age, and I'm not just saying this because I'm over 40 now, for not letting age be a thing or age get to you. But... I think in the pop music world, it's also a thing, isn't it? Uh, it's still very prominent uh, that some acts get less of focus as they get older. Oh, definitely. And there is the the whole kind of Radio 1, Radio 2 thing and how that affects different bands in different ways or different acts in different ways. It's almost like there is no rule for growing old. It's different depending on so many different factors. Um, but yeah, as Neil says, as a gay man, well, certainly he had feelings about that. But in a, it, just to kind of throw a different opinion in there, I almost think as a gay man, you are allowed to be younger for longer because you don't have the stress and the pressure of children unless you've adopted. Fantastic for you. Not for me. I can't stand them. But um, I think that's what keeps me a little bit younger. Also, part of I, it. also, I think for some queer people as well, it's you often, you're living your life later because maybe you haven't been able to be who you want to be at a younger age. So you're almost starting out, uh, and maybe a little bit less so now, maybe still more similarly so, like in your 20s, and then kind of going on from there. So there is that feeling like not of wanting to make the most of life and not wanting to let any more time slip away from you. Definitely. And not to get too deep into an anniversary episode, but that, that's me. I definitely take something from that. One of my favourite lyrics, actually, Will, comes right at the end where Neil sings, it's a journey, so they say, but in this desert, I was only a hazy, lazy mirage anyway. I think sometimes he just does it with the poetry and that is it for me. Also, just hazy, lazy mirage, the way that just trips off the tongue. Mm. It sounds like what it is. There's a word for that. Oh, it's track by track. We don't know. On about to appear. Thank you. Track three now. Winner. So, winner there. Now, Will, when we've been getting ready for this episode, we did tease a few weeks, maybe a couple of months ago, that it was the 10th anniversary of this single that we'd be doing the album. There's not a great deal of love from the Pet Heads and the Pet Shop Boys fan base about this song. Why do you think that is? I guess because this was the first single proper to be released from the album, and maybe it was a little bit too... Uh, pedestrian for a lot of people's tastes when they were expecting, you know, lead singer for a Petra Boys album, they were expecting a banger, and we kind of we got this. You know, I like the celebratory feel of this, particularly at the time that it came out as well, right smack bang in the middle of our Olympic year. Uh, it is very different, uh, but and I know people are very passionate about the Pet Shop Boys, very protective of some of those earlier songs some of those huge pop songs 
This isn't immediately one of those. It's not. And it's interesting because I heard, as I'm sure you heard as well, on the David Williams... Oh, God. David Williams. Sorry, David. Although his real name is David Williams. Um, track by track feature with Pet Shop Boys that they were inspired to write this after being on tour with Take That, who were doing the Progress Tour, the five of them back together. They had those huge, uplifting stadium filling anthems i think pet shop boys called out greatest day as one of them and they wanted to write something like that and what i love about this is that you know it, it isn't the pet shop boys electro banger that as you said some fans were maybe hoping for but it also isn't the big you know they also mentioned uh, we are the champions by queen that kind of thing it is it falls in the middle of that i think and it falls completely in with the rest of elysium but i have to say i'm always quite surprised at how much this one does seem to kind of not be a fan favorite as a, quite a consensus because I have always really liked this song. I mean, it's it's a long way off my, being one of my favorite Pet Shop Boys tracks, but it's also a long way off being one of my least favorite as well. And I do think very nicely timed, even though it isn't about celebrating and sport and the Olympics, very nicely timed. Um, and also the fact that the single artwork, which is a great... Uh, iconic piece has it's almost like a polaroid of a uh winner's one two three first second third one two three place uh podium <laughs> first second third place podium and as you say it, it wasn't written for the olympics but it just evokes so much of that olympian spirit that we had in 2012 and that positivity and i do think maybe part of the reason some fans don't like it is because we're used to neil and chris you know, we're used to their dry humour, we're used to their sarcasm and their wit. And this is very much the opposite of that. It's this unbridled joy and celebration and euphoria and positivity. And maybe, yeah, maybe we're just not used to that from them. Uh, this was the first single to be released. Dan, how did it do? Not great, I'm afraid. Oh, this, no. I know. This entered the charts at number 86. And it didn't climb too much higher than that. This was in August of 2012. Other new entries that week in the top 10. Red Light with Lost in Your Love. Shrugging shoulders at each other. Nah, nah. Number three, Lawson with Taking Over Me. Again, oh, and really... Dan, they were absolutely gorgeous. Oh, good. Um, and number one that week, Wiley featuring Ms. D with Heatwave. Um, oh. Not a memorable chart for me that week, Will. No, I think we're slowly losing our grip on the, uh, the charts by this point. This was probably it, actually, yeah. Some good stuff in there. There's Florence and the Machine with Spectrum. There's Rudimental and John Newman with Feel the Love. Yeah. Of all those singles, I would have picked up Winner. This It was Radio 2's Record of the Week mid-July, and NME said it was uh, one of their most uplifting songs in their history. So, you know, it's not all bad. It's definitely uplifting. And I and I, I do really, as I said, I really like the song. I love the way it chugs along. I love how it's much poppier than the songs we've heard so far on the album. I think the programming and the keys and the effects are fantastic, as you'd expect. And I also just love how it builds to that key change. And then you've got the different vocals overlaying each other. I, I'm all for this song. For me, Will, it's a winner. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. And a wonderful video as well. Do you remember the video? I don't actually, Dan. Can you tell me? Can you? <laughs> Can he, boys and girls? 
The video features the London Roller Girls, who are a roller derby team, um, and their new rookie, Dirty Diana, who is transgender. So lots of positivity coming through from the video of a winner. And the girls are here with us now. Hey, Dirty! Hi, girls. That's the problem. As soon as the one at the front goes, they've all gone down. Like uh, beautiful dominoes. Oh, Dancing yeah. alone. Strong, strong, independent dominoes falling over. Uh, Domino now, dancing. Yes. Oh, Dad. Brilliant. There's a link everywhere, isn't there? Now, Dan, let's just oh. push them back out of the door then. Just careful of the stairs, though, ladies. Oh. Have a claim on our hands. Uh, we'll get the trap by trap lawyers on the phone. Or should we just go uh, injury lawyers for you? Oh, no. They can do that. Oh, yeah, your mum can get some discount, can't she? Because she played that woman in the advert who had the tray of food and slipped over. <laughs> oh, and your, your sister was the woman that slipped and in, injured her fringe at work as well. Yeah, <laughs> injured her fringe. Remember? Do you remember? No. Oh. no. <laughs> well, I know what I'm watching tonight. <laughs> YouTube. YouTube. <laughs> Dan, what's next? Track four, then. Your early stuff. You've been around, but you don't. So your early stuff here, and this is definitely another song inspired by real-life events of Neil Tennant. And apparently this was um, inspired by a conversation with a taxi driver around uh, him assuming that Neil uh, had long, or the Petra Boys had long disappeared off the scene and referring to some of their earlier music affectionately, uh, maybe inadvertently offending Neil in the process. And again, a, a song, when you think about Invisible and Leaving as well, I think Winners so far is the exception to the rule of these very reflective, uh, almost getting to a certain point in life and then reflecting on your life from where you are so far. Yeah, there's definitely, age is heavily involved in this album. Another thing I remember thinking when it first came out was, oh, okay, maybe... Petra Boys have reached this point in their career. They've reached this age and they've now decided to, you know, not do as hard hitting dance music. And this is what they're going to do going forward. And uh, I remember thinking the same when Madonna did Ray of Light. I remember thinking, oh, maybe she's slowing things down now. And then, of course, <laughs> completely wrong on both parts. And so happy to be wrong for even considering that because we had from Petra Boys, we had Electric and we had Super and we had Hotspot. Um, but yeah, as you said, this was, and I think it was various taxi drivers, wasn't it, throughout the years who have said similar things to Neil. And I love the story that one of them was saying, oh, you're, you're probably retired now, aren't you? And he said, well, actually, no, you're driving me to Top of the Pops. And yes, that's when they were performing yeah. I'm With Stupid. Uh, also, as well, when you think about are they, this album, are they coming towards the end of it? Then they bloody bring out like, Axis and... Yeah, uh, vocal. Some, yeah, vocal. Bloody hell. Uh, like some of their hardest, most pumping dance music is... Um, uh, and still we're getting the bangers now. So, uh, sorry, I keep saying bangers. Uh, uh, not everyone loves the same Petra Boys and bangers <laughs> in the same <laughs> sentence. 
Uh, and also some very subtle beats and electronic production creeping in here, which is uh, really nice to hear as well after some of the more low-key vibes. Definitely. And forgive me, well, I've lost my page. I'm just fingering through my 100 lyrics in a poem book here um, because I wanted to get specific there. I think I love the idea of the track. I love hearing all these different lines. Neil says they're all, every single line is something that someone has said to him. I'm sure he had some artistic license along the way, but it's quite simple, isn't it? That main melody is quite simple and the music is quite simple. There's some beats there, as you said, but it's when it picks it up and he starts singing about those old videos look pretty funny. What's in it for you now? Need the money. It's when the melody changes a bit that it really grabs me because before that, if it was going to keep the same melody throughout, I would have been a little bit... What? Perturbed. <laughs> shall we Shall we bring the pace up a little bit now? Let's bring it up. I'm ready for... I'm ready for a boogie, actually, Will. Great, let's it's go. It's a party, isn't it? Yeah, so here's track five. A face like that. With a face like that How couldn't I want you With a face like that Why wouldn't I fall in love with you With a face like that With a face like that You could have fortune With a face like that You could land on the moon With a face like that Well, Will, I have to say I've enjoyed the four tracks we've had so far. But this is a wonderful Pet Shop Boys synth, pop, dance, electro, anthem, banger. Don't say it. banger. Don't, oh. I said it, sorry. Don't write um, in, don't write in. And I think this is probably what a lot of casual fans would be hoping for. It's not all about them. We haven't just got to please them, but this is well-placed in the album. And I think it's a great track. And you, it's probably one of my favourites on the album. Uh, and yeah, not just because it's more upbeat, but also it's the most, uh, I, I guess, kind of in tune or in line with uh, some of the more classic Pet Shop Boys songs. And I think about the kind of beat that's running through it, but also the not just the lyrics, because they're obviously brilliant, but just the structure of the lyrics and the song. Uh, and the classic signature cowbell running through that as well, which is like, it's just their thing, isn't it? And uh, such an enjoyable song, but also, again, lots of meaning in there. And a really weird structure as well, because when it starts, you think you've got that big electro-pop anthem coming, but then it really does take a while to set the scene, doesn't it? There's lots of instrumental in there. And I remember I kind of had a memory of hearing this song, but then when I first listened to it recently, after not playing the album for a while, I remember thinking, well, is, it, is this an instrumental? Because it must be about two minutes before you get the proper vocal of the track. And such was my uh, uh, naivety towards this album, because it's probably one of the albums of the Petra Boys I've played the least. I had this placed on a totally different album of theirs and not, I think it's very well placed in this album, but I didn't think it was on this album. But with a face like that, how couldn't I want to? With a face like that, why wouldn't I fall in love with you? Oh, that sounded a bit erasure, didn't it? <laughs> and with a face like that, you could land on the moon. And Dan, with a face like that, mm -hmm. your face for podcasting. Oh, that's really kind. Thank you very much. Oh, hang on. <laughs> 
No, you've got we'll a, start vid- vidi casting soon. No, you've got a very uh, a very standard face. Which oh, thank I'm you very much. Sure. Oh, hang on. You've got a very uh, hairy face. There we go. I am going to have a little shave soon. It's about time, isn't it? Are I'm you? A little bit scruffy. Yeah, all off, everywhere. Great. You should actually, you could just keep, I think you'd look a bit like David Brent if you just kept the, the goatee. A goatee? I, no, I don't want to do that. Now, Will, do you think, because this is a bit of a favourite with the fans as well, and certainly on this album, a bit of a fan favourite. Do you think that perhaps an edited version of this should have been a single? And I know I ask that, I ask that a lot, but in this case, I really do think it offers something different to a single from this album. This will shock you, Dan, but no, mm. I don't think it should have been. Mm. I'm not shocked, actually, just to, not, to prove you, not to prove you wrong. Uh, not to cause you indifference, Dan, but I don't think it should mm. be. So, track six then, Breathing Space. I stop for some breathing space Dive from the public place Return to a private place I know it's there just in breathing space there and what a great time to put a fantastic album artwork really is some lovely album artwork isn't it it's beautiful actually you've got it's a shimmering beach into the sea an elysium landscape if ever there was one it really is stunning and it really does reflect the sound of the album and actually before when i was saying about certain things sounding jagged and certain things sounding bouncy from them i kind of realized as i was saying it that actually if you think about electric it's got those jagged blue lines which reflects the music and if you think about super it's got the big round bouncy balls well they're not bouncy but you can imagine that they would bounce (laughs) and this again i think it's the artwork always does reflect the sound uh and here pharaoh of course who designed all of their artwork have done a wonderful job uh, it is lovely, and uh, it's, I, I guess, is it the most low-key, downplayed album cover that we've seen of theirs that doesn't have either a massive iconic colour logo or where they're not on it in very uh, striking costume? Probably the only other one I can think of, well, actually, thinking about Please, that was quite low-key, wasn't it, with that very small image of them, but also Hotspot, that kind of shadowy mm. image of them. But yeah, I do, I would probably say I do prefer the big yes tick, the big Super Bowl uh, and all those kind of things. And if you want some uh, fantastic costumery, then the single artwork for Leaving will certainly scratch that itch. Now, Will, it was no surprise that this was your album artwork time. Of course, I did say it as the track was playing. I have to say, I, I enjoy the song. I think it's well placed on the album. But again... When I think about Pet Shop Boys, and I, I'm a huge fan, and I know their history, and I know that they are diverse in their sounds, this isn't my favourite style of music that they do. And this will, if you can believe it, this was written by Neil on a guitar. An acoustic what? guitar. You've just said uh, Pet Shop Boys, an acoustic guitar in the same breath. It happens very infrequently, doesn't it? Burn, burning the heather and 
a little bit of release as well. But um, yeah, I think it fits the album, though. Do you think it works in the it album? It does. And it works really well in a kind of midpoint in the album scenario. It's not for me. Uh, and I'm going to say that because there aren't many Pet Shop Boys songs I would hold my hands up to like like that. Neil did say, though, about the whole album, that it's one of their most beautiful and in interviews people hinted and we said it as well that it's one of the most personal and i think this track definitely definitely suits what's been said about it for me this kind of falls somewhere in between behavior and release in the sound and the style and also just on a very superficial level it's quite nice in the middle of the album to have a track called breathing space so let's move on then track seven we are picking things up a bit here this is ego music it's all about sense of entitlement, sense of entitlement, ego music. It's all about sense of entitlement, sense of entitlement. I see myself as a building. My mind is the office where the work gets done. There's a nightclub in the basement where I need some fun. And in the penthouse later, that's where the magic happens. Uh, ego music there. I love this. Uh, absolutely love it. It's my favourite flavour of Petra Boys when they're in like totally off the wall experimental mode, whilst also delivering a message, a commentary on 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 pop culture and more specifically with this pop music itself. But yeah, I love how um, how this how this all kind of falls together with the buzzes and the bells. Uh, and Neil's sense of entitlement, sense of entitlement. <laughs> this was an early favourite of mine when I first listened to the album. And this is one of the tracks that I would play a lot just because I wasn't playing the album all the way through for a little while. And I, I think I really like the juxtaposition of the quite softly sung, repetitive, me, 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 yes, 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 yes. And then you have those really glitchy spoken word sections with all those various effects going on. Um, and yeah, as you said, the the actual subject matter is Pet Shop Boys and is Neil with that wry, dry commentary. And here talking about pop stars taking themselves too seriously, which I don't think you could accuse Pet Shop Boys of that, could you? No, but I mean, they must have a reference point. They must be referring to someone. I wonder who... It is. Sometimes it's nice not to know and just to speculate endlessly. Well, I think Neil did say that some of the lines in this are direct quotes from things that people have said in interviews or even more so about what they were saying on social media because I think pop stars on Twitter like 10 years ago, that was kind of when it was kicking off, wasn't it? And they also said, uh, this was on the David Williams commentary as well, that... A kind of sister song uh, to this is uh, How Can You Expect to Be Taken Seriously? Yes. From Behaviour. And have you got any ideas of who this could apply to, this song? Oh, I don't know. There's there's a lot of artists out there that take themselves very seriously when there's they really don't need to. And I think, again, thinking about Twitter 10 years ago and pop stars on Twitter 10 years ago, it was quite new. It was quite experimental. I think pop stars suddenly realised they had this forum and would go out there and say what they wanted. And then they realised there could be repercussions. And nowadays, certain artists are much safer, aren't they? And it's actually not the artists on there. It's their social media managers and their mm. PR people and all, all that kind of thing. Uh, but not Cher, of course. That's 
definitely share tweeting. And hello to all the social media managers and PR people listening to Track by Track on our fourth birthday. Hi, guys. Another great thing from that David Williams uh, episode, or whatever you want to call it, was Chris saying that, because now I don't think Petra Boys use their own social media, but back in the day, I think they did as well. And Chris would be there blocking people if they were being patronising to him or just annoying him on Twitter. <laughs> and you got blocked by him, didn't you? Yeah, uh, and I wear that as a badge of honour, honestly. Uh, okay, track number eight now. Hold on. There's got to be a future to create and to defend So the world can never end Hold on Things can be quite so bad That all we have and all we had Never were and won't return Lost in a fire that cannot burn Hold on Hold on Hold on there and if ego music was very Pet Shop Boys, then this kind of feels very not Pet Shop Boys, but also in a way it's very tenant and low, if that makes any sort of sense, Will. I kind of know where, you're, where you are with that. I think my feelings in this song are, for me, I think just how relevant it feels now. And just yeah. with all, all manner of different things that are going on, going on in the world, whether it's wars, uh, crisis around the cost of living, uh, horrendous new prime minister, uh, mm. you know, all these sorts of things. Uh, because you could read a number of different things into this song. It could be about uh, a relationship. It could be a, uh, a more political and social reading. It could be more around death or suicide. Uh, but it is very life affirming and, you know, and an attempt to, to put faith back into you and making you think about, you know, something better in the future around the corner. It definitely feels like that. And yeah, Neil did say that in a way it was an anthem for the recession, which of course we're back in a recession or we're going to be back in a recession beyond depressing. But it's nice, you know, if there is a silver lining, if there is a positive outcome, then to have Pet Shop Boys providing some positivity with this really theatrical number, then that's a good thing. And just the way they sing, there's got to be a future or the world will end today. It's harsh, it's to the point, but it's delivered in a way that you'd expect Neil and Chris to deliver it. We've got to talk about the BVs on not just on this, well, they're most prominent on this track, but just something that you don't always hear is like female backing vocals on a Pet Shop Boys record. Yeah, on this track. Yeah, as you said, throughout the album, you've got some wonderful uh, vocals. And I think that's working with Andrew Dawson. Some of the people that he brought into the mix, not just on the BVs, but throughout the album are people that he had worked with uh, on some of the things that he'd done before of course most notable for working with Kanye West and that's how Pet Shop Boys got to know him but yeah on this track you have got most notably the Waters family who are Oren, Maxine, Julia and Luther Waters but then on this one you've also got Carmen Carter and Alex Brown and I think initially this was planned to be just other people singing it or just other people singing it and maybe a bit of Neil in the chorus, but then, of course, it, you get to hear 
Daphne a little bit more throughout. It definitely feels like it's for a show or something like that, doesn't it? Mm, and, you know, they're not averse to writing songs and scores uh, for shows. Uh, but, yeah, one of my favourite bits is actually the female vocals uh, when they kind of chime in independently. Uh, again, very different song. And, again, talking about Andrew Dawson on production, he did Kanye's 808s and Heartbreaks, which I have to say, Will, after listening to this a lot this week, I've been listening to that album, and it's a great album. Am I allowed to merge it onto the long list? Uh, I'll get back to you on that one. Okay, okay. But this is so different to certainly the majority of what Andrew worked on previously. I'd love to hear from him. I'd love to... I mean, yeah, Andrew, if you're listening, I'd love to know how that experience was working with Pet Shop Boys after working with someone like Kanye. Having said that, there's parts of this album, there's a track certainly to come where it really does sound like you could imagine a version of the backing track being a Kanye song. And we haven't even talked about the classical piece that this track uh, samples. It is Handel's 1713 composition, Ode for the Birthday of Queen Anne. Oh, your favourite Handel's work of Handel's work. Oh, my second favourite, actually, Will. You know oh. what my favourite is. Come yeah. on. What is it? What is it? No, I don't want to say because that's pers- personal to you. <laughs> It's unlike when Donald Trump was asked to quote what what his favourite passage of the Bible was. I like all of them. Sorry to liken you to Donald Trump, Will. I've just realised what I've done there. It's not the first time I've done it either. <laughs> um, and of course, it's not a new thing for Pet Shop Boys to sample or build a song around a classical piece. You also had All Over the World, a fantastic song, one, one of my favourites of theirs. Mm. And also Love is a Bourgeois Construct. Again, another brilliant one. Bourgeois. 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 So sorry. Bourgeois, uh, bourgeois. Of the main reason they do that, the main reason is because it's royalty free. So track nine then. Give it a go. There's not much time left. If you give me an Someone better Oh no But in the meantime Why not give it a go Give it a go Give it a go there Oh this is this is such a lovely one And it, I, It's got this wonderful Almost kind of retro Feel to it uh, And Neil's vocals are just so Delicate as well Running over it You've got that piano and that light beat. Uh, and also, just it's full of positivity, particularly after we've had Hold On. Now, give it a go. I mean, give what a go. I mean, it could be anything. Give it a go. Maybe you're trying to coax somebody into a, into a date or a relationship. Maybe try a new hobby. Uh, maybe try cooking a new meal at dinner time. Maybe try a new laundry detergent. Uh, you know, it's endless. What do you use? What, oh, what do you use it's, your laundry? Uh, personal colour liquid i thought you were gonna say it's personal sorry uh, it's got a purple ball oh yeah same oh. when it's an offer and if when... it's not then i'll get something else that is an offer the conditioner has got to be the lenore the gold one. Oh really well i don't use a conditioner uh because it's got built-in fabrics offer but also i, I like the beads as well for the extra uh, lovely fresh scent 
Yeah, the beads can be... Yeah, I do like the beads as well. Beads can be lovely. But yes, this song, love how classic it sounds. And again, it, it's a really great running order from Hold On into this. I think they work really well together despite not sounding that similar. This feels like classic songwriter, like 1960s, 1970s, Burt Bacharach or something like that. And as you said, Neil sings it so well. The piano is so prominent, but it's the bridge that I really love in this song. When it gets the, 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 the early bit, they give it a go, the repetition, it's nice, it's bouncy. But when it goes into the bridge, it just really gives the song the kind of the oomph that I was hoping for. Uh, and Dan, what would you like to give a go going into our fifth year of Track by Track? Oh, in Track by Track specifically? No, no, just in general. Just a good time to reflect. Um, oh, good question. Okay, for Track by Track, because I would like to give a track by track example, I would, I would like to see us going through some albums that are outside of our comfort zone, and non-specific to track by track, I would like to write something, whether it's a book or a script or a whatever. I just want to write something. I did. I studied creative writing at uni, as you know, and I feel like I want to give it a go again. Do you know? I always wondered why your Christmas lists were a little bit more elaborate than uh, than most. What about you? What do you want to give a go? Uh, on track by, for track by track, I'd love for us to do something live, unedited, unfiltered. Unmasked. Unsheathed. Unsheathed. Oh. <laughs> I'm glad we're on the same page. That could have been awkward. <laughs> and more generally speaking, I'd like to go and play some badminton. Oh, really? Mm. We're waffling. Let's move on. Uh, track number 10 now. Oh, great. Memory of the future. So, Memory of the Future there. Of all the songs on this album, this is the one that I played to death back in 2012 and into 2013. And actually, even now, if I'm just having a bit of a Pet Shop Boys day and I'm just picking random songs to play, this is going to be one of them. I adore this song, Will. Uh, Samesies, actually. And it's my favourite of the singles. Um, It's probably the most electronic of the singles as well. Uh, but what really makes it for me is the Stuart Price version. loved that i bought that from itunes i burnt it onto a cd and i played it in my car over and over again and i sang it loud as well it just there's a single and an extended version but it just adds that extra bit of production and oomph to it Uh, and also i guess maybe an early indicator of where things might head under stewart's uh cloak and i have to say will i listened to recently just this week in fact just day on today on day of recording in fact 
the episode of Song Exploder with Stuart Price and Madonna talking about Hung Up. First of all, I'd never heard Stuart Price's voice before, so that was fantastic. But also, I'd love to hear him doing an episode with Pet Shop Boys talking about something they did together because uh, it was very fascinating. I'd recommend it. When you've done with Track by Track, of course. I've never done with Track by Track. Oh, I meant listening to it. Memory of the Future as well. I think Neil described this as being so sure of somebody that you have memories of things that are yet to happen. Which is yeah. such a Pet Shop Boys thing to 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 create and envisage into a song in itself. So it does have that ethereal, uh, future-facing production and sound to it as well. And the single artwork is almost it's quite a bit scary actually because you've got uh, these two very futuristic Aryan beings uh, visible on the cover. It's Neil and Chris, isn't it? Well, yes. But they are these otherworldly people of the future. And Mm. again, where you've got the winner cover, which has got a one single photo of a plinth uh, leaving and memory of the future have something that's a bit more traditional in the Pet Shop Boys approach to artwork as well, which is nice. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the artwork on this one. I'm a big fan of the track. And this is the other one that I think maybe some fans were waiting for and hoping for not me i've enjoyed the whole journey and again more recently enjoyed it and appreciated it even more maybe that's with getting a bit older actually will and i had the same reflection as well uh and maybe like when you fully appreciate an artist as well you love not just the black and white but all the gray uh in between as well and I, i've got nothing gray in between thank you very much just for men. Uh, now, Dan, this was the third single. Did this finally deliver the hit from the album? Oh, well, I'd love to say yes, but actually it reached number 111 in the UK. Now, it was released on New Year's Eve in 2012. So the last day of an Olympic year was not the right time to release a brand new single. So I'm not going to run through the other 110 tracks on the chart of that week. You'll be pleased to know. But let me tell you, what was going on in the top 10. At number one, James Arthur with Impossible. And then elsewhere, you had Psy with Gangnam Style at number three. That had been in the charts for 18 weeks at that point. You also had Will Am with Britney Spears and Scream and Shout. Bruno Mars, Locked Out of Heaven. Taylor Swift, I Knew You Were Trouble. Ollie Murs, Troublemaker, Rihanna Stay, Rihanna Diamonds. Uh, she was at number eight and number seven. Um, and Don't You Worry Child by Swedish House Mafia. So a little bit of a better chart than the one we had earlier. A bit more memorable for sure. I kind of like them releasing a track called Memory of the Future on New Year's Eve, though. That is a very them thing to do. Very them. Uh, And also this third single, but again, three B-sides. So you're talking about not only an album of 12 tracks, but you've also got nine other extra songs as well as remixes from this before they even release the further listening version of the album further down the line. And also on the David Williams I keep forgetting what to call it, an episode, a podcast, a stream, a thing, whatever it is. On that and in the 100 lyrics and a poem book, Neil talks about how he thought he'd come up with the phrase memory of the future. And then during the process of the album being made, he saw that there's a book called Memories of the Future. And he thought people would think he stole the idea, but he thinks it was original. Track number 11 now, the penultimate track. 
everything means something. Everything means something there. This, as with Memory of the Future, as with a few of the tracks on here, such a Pet Shop Boys title. You can just imagine Neil sat in Costa scribbling this down on a napkin, can't you? Just because it just popped into his head. Yeah, not only is it a, a real Pet Shop Boys title, but it's also, I guess, the meaning behind it. I mean, it, you could apply it to Pet Shop Boys in general and all of their music. Everything does mean something. Uh because there's so much thought and care and consideration that goes into the songwriting and production, but the words mean something. And in fact, in, in many tracks, they mean more than one thing. It's multiple readings as well. I guess also as well, you know, everything means something. The words or the thoughts of somebody who reads and interprets meanings into everything somebody says or somebody does, whether it's friends, romantic partners, uh, teachers, milkmen, bus drivers, bin men. Not just the service industry, but in general. <laughs> now, this track, one of the things I love about this track, there's so much to love about this song, actually. And I have to say, it is one of the ones that I'd forgotten about and I've really, really, really enjoyed listening to as I've revisited this album. But the structure of the song is incredible. And another little tidbit from the David Williams thing is how it was Andrew Dawson who really helped them build it up to the chorus, which then sort of comes alive and explodes because you've got that wonderful verse which kind of tells the story or begins the story about some sort of argument or disagreement. And then that bridge just lifts up ever so slightly and you're not sure where it's going to go. And then the chorus, just the electronics everywhere. Lots of vocoder on Neil's voice as well, which I think sounds great. And this is what I was hinting at before. I think this is one of the songs, or musically, this is one of the backing tracks that you could have imagined uh, Kanye singing over, again, with lots of vocoder. That's interesting. I hadn't really thought about that, to be honest. So track 12, then, the final track on the album. This is Requiem in Denim and Leopard Skin. So Requiem in Denim and Leopard Skin there. Uh, only on a Pet Shop Boys album could you have a track called that for a start. Uh, now, this was uh, last track on the album, and it's always great to hear something different. And this has got a very jazzy, easy listening approach that I think the boys wanted to be reflective of uh, times and years gone by of, of living in London, particularly in the, in the earlier years. And... This was actually written around the time of Yes 
uh, but Brian Higgins did not want it anywhere near the final album. And uh, again, from the conversation that the boys had with David, it sounded like they were a little bit peeved. I wouldn't say pissed off, but a little bit peeved about that still. But they were adamant that it was going to be part of this album. And here it is as the closing track. Yeah, in fact, there were a couple of comments, I thought, throughout where it sounded like everything wasn't always harmonious with Brian, which... But then again, I guess you've got two titans of pop music in Pet Shop Boys and Xenomania so it was never going to be the smoothest experience of course the outcome yes the album is incredible so all's well that ends well but I do think this is such a great album closer on here I also think it's you know really stunning that the fact that the song starts and ends on songs about death but both of them you know not your standard kind of eulogy stripped back uh, acoustic track this feels like it feels jazzy it feels like subtle disco and as much as i love the lyrics in this and again just looking through the lyrics in the book this feels like pure poetry it's actually the instrumental part towards the middle eight that where it really just kind of lifts a little bit more and a little mm. bit more so into it i really love that bit i think that track needed that and the album needed that to just let it kind of flow to the end uh, there are lots of references to stars and names from the 60s and 70s. Most notably, uh, Lynn Easton is inspiration for this. Yeah, it's about kind of her death, isn't it? And being at her funeral. And she sounds like such an incredible character. If you get the chance to read about Lynn Easton, uh, she was a makeup artist. She was in bands. She knew everyone. She was a fashionista. Um good friend of Neil and Chris's and then also I love the name dropping of David David Hockney Brian Brian Ferry Malcolm Malcolm McLaren uh, and all these other references to that time it's such uh, it's such a good song and again such a cool title Uh, although I was convinced uh, it was going to be about Bette Lynch (laughs) surprised you didn't say my mother Uh, don't flatter yourself Dan uh, anyway, that's the end of the album. A brief word before further listening on the reception. I have to say, despite uh, it being uh, more of a uh, controversial choice uh, for uh, one of their best albums, it was certainly very well reviewed and received at the time, particularly for a change of sound. But, you know, I'm paraphrasing now, but lots of talk about a solid Pet Shop Boys album, some great here, some great highlights of things like ego music. Uh, we've already talked about Face Like That as well. But uh, yeah, very, very well received, very well reviewed. If I had to give it an average, I would say three and a half out of five. It also uh, got to number nine in the UK album chart as well. Which is their lowest charting album to date. So incredible that every studio album of theirs has gone top 10. But yeah, Elysium, interesting that, you know, it was quite well reviewed. I don't think it's a fan favourite and I think the charts reflect that. And then if you look at the next three albums, the Stuart Price trilogy all went to number three in the charts. It's just interesting. Uh, Yes, interesting indeed. Further listening now, Dan, I'm going to kick off because I've got an absolute cracker. Go on then. So I'm going with one of the aforementioned 
fantastic B-sides. And this is from Winner, and this is A Certain Je Ne Sais Quoi. Certain je ne sais quoi there. This isn't just one of my favourite Pet Shop Boys B songs. This is one of my favourite Pet Shop Boys songs, period. Because uh, it's everything I love about them. Fantastic lyrics. The title, obviously, French. Great. And lots of French lyricism running through this track as well. Uh, it's got a story to it. Obviously, talking to a person. You know, there's something about them. Something about the look in their eyes, something about the da 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 da. You've really got a certain, je ne sais quoi. Uh, also, it's got a fantastic uh, beat to it uh, and an, an opportunity on a more low key album to talk about something which is certainly a lot more of an electric quarter pounder and some fantastic synths layered in there. And it's been written and produced by Pet Shop Boys, but you might be forgiven for thinking it was a remnant from the uh, Yes era and a Xenomania production, such as the uh, the electronic pop sensibilities. Also, Dan, Neil is playing the guitar. I love that fact about it. I did hear, I think it was on, again, on the David Williams thing. God, he's been name-checked on here. We're not sponsored by David Williams, by the way. Um <laughs> I think they said it was written seven years before Elysium. So that takes it even back to kind of probably fundamental. But I couldn't have seen it on there either. So I think it's, it's yeah, it doesn't really fit any of the albums around this time. Actually, maybe Yes is the one it would have fitted on. But I love this song. You introduced me to this song. And as soon as I heard it, that was last year. And it became one of my most played songs of last year. It's wonderful. Uh, also, uh, Kylie was a name thrown around as someone an earlier, a much earlier version of this track could have been for. Really interesting. Dan, what have you gone for? So I've also gone for a B-side. This is one from Memory of the Future. And this is Listening. If you want me, I will listen to your words. The dreams you have differed. So that's listening there. One of the B-sides to Memory of the Future and a track demoed for Elysium. But then this was later given to Morton Harkett for his third UK studio album, Out of My Hands. So I heard the Morton version first and I really liked that version. And it was a great album of his because he went a little bit more electropop, whereas before he'd been a little bit more uh, acoustic. But I do have to say, and I'm a huge AHA fan, as you know, and a huge Morton Harkett fan, I do prefer Pet Shop Boys' version. Uh, now, I wasn't aware that Morton had done this song uh, before you telling me you were going to do it for your further listening. And then I read it and I listened to the song and it all made complete sense because I could totally hear his voice on this track. 
But also, it's not at all out of place on Elysium, is it? It's a great B-side because it's very much in the same vein as well. Yeah, perfectly suits the mood. Yeah, it could have fitted on here, but I'm I'm glad it it does have that story of going to Morton and then still being recorded by the lads. We're out, out of time. time. Uh, on our fourth birthday so we better get ready because we're going out for quite a posh dinner actually paid for by our producer oh have you got the taste card by the way oh always trying to save a book aren't you well it's two for one at Pizza Express oh giving it away now giving the game away (laughs) I thought we were going Pizza Hut so anyway uh, that is oh you went to that buffet didn't you that is yeah because it's lunchtime Uh, that is that was Elysium uh, a great way to mark our fourth track by track birthday. Do let us know. Everyone's got an opinion on this album, so do let us know what you think about Elysium. Uh, maybe if you've neglected it and overlooked it in the past, uh, we've given you cause to revisit it. Do definitely check out David Williams and Pet Shop Boys in conversation about the whole bloody thing, though. Really interesting. And if you don't already, then please do consider joining us and supporting the podcast on Patreon. As we've already said today, there are some exclusives waiting for you. There is our Dusty episode. There is our further listening episode of Pet Shop Boys. Further listening is our series where we celebrate the deep cuts of some of our favourite acts. There's also the first two episodes in our Pet Shop Boys disco series. And of course, there are two more to come as well. Plus, there are over 50 other exclusive episodes waiting for you and more every single month. That sounds so good. I might even sign up. So thank you for listening. Uh, We'll see you again soon. And until then, I've been a requiem in denim and leopard skin. And I've had a certain je ne sais quoi. Goodbye. Goodbye. And happy birthday. Happy birthday, us.